Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. But I want to kind of explain this series, and I'm going to go really fast today, but I, I need y'all to take notes because this is going to be different. I'm telling you this is going to be different than maybe anything that y'all have heard before when it comes to the topic that I'm going to teach on today. But I want to tell you about legacy real quick. We did this picture because of seed, and, and I'm going to teach on seed the next couple weeks after this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference seed today. But legacy literally means your heritage, your inheritance, or what you leave. Not necessarily always what you get, but what you leave behind, what, what you pass on. And I want to tell y'all real quick, since Pastor Tavner last week kind of let the cat out of the bag, that I was fasting uh, for 30 days up till today, and praise Jesus, I'm about to eat this afternoon. I just need y'all to know that. But I want to tell y'all what God taught me, and it's crazy how it ties in with this. The one thing that I kept hearing throughout this fast was pure heart. And um, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus started the Sermon on the Mount, and it's like the, the declaration of independence, if you will, for the Christians. If you want to know what a, what a kingdom man or a kingdom woman looks like, start reading there. And read the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And the Bible says in that passage, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is what a pure heart is, y'all. This is, this is my simple definition. A pure heart is someone that does what he or she does with no manipulation whatsoever. And as I've begun to look at my life, I've taken like an inventory for the last 30 days and realized that so many times when I have conversations with people, even though I may be doing the right thing, it's done through manipulation. And, and even though I may be going through some motions, it's done through manipulation. And God has just shown me that if, if the kingdom is to come and what we want to leave is better than what we saw when we got here, and, and, and if we can all agree that, that there is a decline in culture and what's taking place has to change and something has to shift, it can't be done with personal manipulation because in the grand scheme of things, at the end of the day, what takes place is I'm trying to get what I'm trying to get and I'm trying to do, even if I'm preaching, y'all, with the microphone in my hand and I'm testifying and I sound good and y'all think it's good, manipulation is the very easiest thing to do. And so when it comes to the topic of money, and when it comes to the topic of legacy, and when it comes to the topic of things like that, people get so afraid because they say, well, he just wants my money. The church just wants my money. But, but that is not the point with Jesus. The point with him is he is all the money. He is the reason that you have anything that you have. And so when I start living a pure-hearted life, I begin to realize that everything I get to give, everything I get to do is because he brought it to me. That my job is not my provider. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. And that I have to have a mindset change. That is the kingdom. And so everything shifts. And everything changes. And this is what Jesus said in that same passage 
Matthew 5 and then chapter 6, he's still preaching in this, in this setting and this is what he said. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. This is interesting, y'all. Treasures is literally translates like, like if y'all ever watched the pirate movies and, and, the, and the pirate treasure and the big treasure chest, that's what this translates to. I used to think it was like things we do or all this other stuff, but literally it's like money. It's, it's jewels. It's riches. Do not lay up for yourself riches on earth where moth and and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourself treasures in everybody say it heaven now if the goal is to bring the kingdom of heaven culture here that means we have to have a mindset shift of what is that because yes, we should be thinking about heaven, and yes, we should all be excited that one day when God calls us home, we get to go to heaven. But I don't want to go to heaven yet because I want to see God do great things for my children and my children's children. Does anybody else agree with me in this place? And so for that to take place, I have to begin to store up treasures in heaven and bring what God has called me to bring with no manipulation. Because listen to me. Most of the time when y'all hear a message on tithing, what you hear is, you better do this or you're awful. But if you do it with the wrong motivation, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that we're done, that that's not the point, that don't do it out of selfish ambition and don't do it out of obligation. Do it because you know that everything came from God and that it's our opportunity that we get to do. And so he says, listen, lay up your treasure in heaven where, where nothing will destroy it, neither Moth or rust or, or anything else, and thieves can't come in and steal. Why? Because thieves can't have what my God has. And it's all his anyway. I'm about to preach in this place. Y'all better get ready. For where your treasure is, everybody say the last line, there your, there your heart will be also. And that's, that's the heart of the matter. <laughs> that's, that's the problem, y'all. It's never about financial stuff. It's, ne it's never about really all these other things that we put. And we've got this list of things. Well, I can't and I can't. And it's, it's all about my heart. The Bible says out of the overflow of my heart, my mouth speaks. And the eye is the window to the soul. And I'm telling you, if y'all don't know this, just know this. This can be what you take away if you don't want to listen to the rest of it. But I'm telling you, if you look at someone in the eye and you can have a conversation with them, you can tell where they are, can't you? Their mouth might be telling you a million things and they might be looking good and they might be able to put some stuff out there that makes you look good and think good. And they're like, man, those people are on it. And you look in their eye, you're like, hmm, something ain't right. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, like you back that thing up, something ain't right. And, and it's all about our heart. And our heart is what I'm talking about today because it's the heart of the matter. And so the title of my message is, Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is. Come on, somebody. Put your money where your mouth is. That's the title of the message. And I want y'all to see this, how you handle money. By the way, as I talk about seed, I need you to know that the Bible does refer to money as seed. But there's one group of people that do it out of manipulation to try to get you and you're bad. And there's another group of people that try to manipulate you out of another way altogether. And this is religion scheme against you. If you'll give $10, you won't get 1000 back. Who knows that? Well, I, I'm not telling you that today, y'all. There is a passage in the Bible, but we, we're not going to skew it for our benefit because that is called manipulation. Sometimes I believe that God uses certain seed to grow up and be great, but seed is simply this. I need y'all to know this. Seed is simply anything that can be planted and grow into something far greater than it is just as a seed. 
And I need y'all to know this as I, as I begin this today, is money is that. When money hits our hand, it is seed. The word of God is seed. You are seed is what Matthew 13 said. It, and he refers to the kingdom as yeast, and it grows. That is seed. And in everything else like that, but listen, in this particular passage that I'm going to show you today, Money is seed and it's currency and it flows in and out and in and out and in and out. And our mindset, not our pocketbooks, not our checkbooks, not our wallets, our mindset is what has to change. Because money is maybe the greatest indicator of which kingdom I belong to. That is why Jesus talked about money, by the way, more than heaven and hell and prayer combined. Did you know that? Somebody talked to me. Did y'all know that? More than all of those combined. So, so obviously it's important. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. Can y'all agree with me on something? Y'all ever watch commercials where it says, you shouldn't spend your money on? Then why don't we do it? But we see these commercials about buy the American Girl doll, $137.99, and we want seven of them. One doll. What's up with that? Y'all don't have little girls. Or y'all have been laughing with me because it's crazy. I need some yard sale American Girl dolls, somebody. <laughs> Jesus' name. This is crazy. I want to show y'all a passage that I think is going to make y'all laugh and cringe all at the same time. This is the wisest man. I don't want y'all to turn here because the passage I'm going to preach from is coming, but I want y'all to see this. The Bible says through sloth. Everybody say sloth. sloth. That means laziness. The roof sinks in. You will see that word again in just a second. And through indolence. That means idle hands. The house leaks. I need to say this and then I'm going to move on because I got to get going. But where you are sitting is a warehouse building that used to be a paint shop. But it is a representation of the house of God because God's people are gathered in it to worship him. And I need you to know that the reason that the roof leaks and the reason that everything falls in isn't because we don't have great people, but it's because a lot of times we have idle hands when it comes to the things of the Lord. And if I'm idle and I'm not active, because pursuing God, pursuing grace is always an activity. It is never something that we can sit on and be silent about. And if I'm not actively pursuing Jesus Christ with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength, then I'm deciding to be inactive when it comes to him because I got saved and I got heaven and I'm good to go. And as soon as that is the case, the house is falling in, everybody, because it's a problem. I'm preaching better than y'all are talking to me. Come on now. Bread is made for laughter. This verse is crazy, y'all. And wine, gladness, or excuse me, it says gladness, but that's fine. Gladdens life. Have y'all read this verse before? I need someone to talk to me in this place. Y'all ain't read it because y'all would be y'all wouldn't be looking at me like this. I see y'all. <laughs> and money answers. Y'all went everything. I don't know if I should say this out loud because it's awkward. Money answers everything. Huh? Like, this is the things that make you go, hmm. Like, that's crazy, right? But then think about what Solomon, who's the wisest man ever to live, think about what he is saying. And money answers everything. Money answers where your heart is. 
I got 99 problems and money is one. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like money is answers everything. Money answers. If you, if you got a bill to pay, y'all can circle it and Jericho walk it and pray and blast the trumpets. But if you ain't got $100, you ain't going to pay the bill. Come on now. Because money answers. Money isn't your God. Money should not be what we worship. And the problem is our mindsets because we believe that if I've got a job, it answers everything. No, 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 no. Paul said, I read it this week in my one-year Bible, in repeating what Jesus said, by the way, in Matthew 6, right after the treasures in heaven, the love of mammon, the love of the God of money is the root of all kinds of evil, but not money. Money is neutral, and it's seed, and when it hits your hand, it is decided what it will be. Will it be covered, and will it, will it be set free, and will it be able to expand and do more than we can even possibly imagine, or, or? Will it fall on deaf ears and go away? And this is what I think is crazy. Y'all just look at this. It's kind of repeat what I've said, but money is seed, and it shows where our heart is. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew 25. I want you to turn to Matthew 25, and I'm going to rock and roll through this, but y'all got to get it because it's crazy. And I want you to know I'm not apologizing, and I will not apologize. I'm going to be a little more bold maybe than I normally am. But this is going to mess some of your mindsets up today. <laughs> because I've read this differently and it's really messed me up this week. And this is probably a story that y'all have heard. Have y'all heard the parable of the talents before? Have y'all heard it before? Look at what it says. For it will be like a man, Matthew chapter 25 verse 14, like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents. Everybody say five. To one he gave two talents. Everybody say two. And to one he gave one. And this is a frustrating word right here, each according to his ability. I hear a lot when it comes to church and when it comes to God's calling and when it comes to what God chooses, the word fair. And I see people begin to judge people. I'm, mm, I'm about to preach. I see people judge people based on what they have or what they're doing. Or, or, or they got this or they got that. They have no idea what kind of seed they've sown over the years, but they want to judge the harvest that only God can bring. I'm not ever the God of the harvest, but he's put me as responsible of his seed. His word will not be activated until you speak it. And money cannot multiply if it stays in our hands. Money cannot be multiplied if it stays in our hands. Did you know when the feeding of the 5,000 took place, if, it, if the disciples would have gotten their 12 pieces and they'd have been like, dang, he had five loaves and two fish, but he was able to feed all of us, praise the Lord, then the 20,000 people were on the side of that mountain never would have gotten it because God is the healer and God is the multiplier, but he uses your hands to multiply it. And God is not fair. He is just, but that is not the same word as fair. I had a conversation with someone this week, and I said, if y'all went to downtown Spartanburg last week, fair was where you got the corn dogs and the funnel cakes, and that's the only fair in the kingdom of God. It's the truth. Because God, we're so afraid of the word prosperity, y'all. Here's what prosperity actually is in the kingdom. It's a beautiful thing. Some people manipulate. Remember, this is not manipulation. But God prospers you at the point that he wants to raise you up to establish his throne. It's never about you when he prospers you. It's always about him. 
And the reason he gave one five is because he knew he could trust one with five and he knew the one with five would do something with five. And if you are in the one cycle, remember what I said when we were singing our song this morning. This is what it feels like, y'all. I've been stuck in this same season of my life. This is one thing God told me. I've been stuck in this same season during this fast. I said, God, I, I believe that you want to do something really big. And I know that it needs to start in my heart. And what does that look like? And he said, Mark, if you continue to do the same things and continue to do the same season and continue to have the same mindset and continue to not believe me, then I'm only going to entrust you with one. And you, you are begging me for five, but you don't have the heart for five. You have the heart for one. And until that changes, I need to stop asking God for more and I need to start being trustworthy with one or trustworthy with two or trustworthy with wherever I am because I begin to judge people with five that make it ten that we're about to look at instead of me being trustworthy with one. And it's a me problem, not a them problem. Because the easiest thing to do is for me to start looking out at the people that are blessed and start saying, look at them, they're blessed. God loves them more. God does not love them more. He knows he can accomplish his purpose through them. Are there people in this world that manipulate? Y'all talk to me. I'm not talking about them. That's between them and God, and one day God will answer. And he is a just God, and he will judge their hearts. But for the ones that aren't, I need to stop pointing down and casting shadow on every single person because that is easy to do. Well, you just love them more. Well, I, I guess it would be easy to accomplish more. If I had those lights and if I had those things, if I had 25 staff members, if I had hide your kids, hide your blah, if I had all these things, I could do it too. No, I just need to be faithful with what I have. I'm not called to do anybody else's calling. I'm called to my calling. And that includes money. And most of the time when it comes to the Christian life, Money is what holds us back more than anything else. We're ready to give up everything else. We're ready to believe God when it comes to our kids. We're ready to believe God when it comes to our spouses. We're ready to believe God. But this is the problem with the generation, y'all. And this is why I want y'all to pay attention, young people. We live in a generation who begs for what they need and goes and buys what they want. I'm going to repeat that because that should have gotten some talking from any of you that are frugal. We live in a generation who begs for what we need and buys what we want. I get requests at least twice a week. It's not me, it's the staff, so y'all pray for me. But I get requests at least twice a week. Pastor, we need help paying this. Pastor, we need help doing this. Pastor, we need help doing this. And they message me from their $750 iPhone. I just want to look at them and say, you got one. Faithful. And we got this mindset of, I deserve it now. And it's my seed. And I get to do what I want to do. And it's all about me. And it's all about me. And it's killing us, y'all. The one who would receive the five went at once and traded with them. Traded. Everybody say traded. He didn't keep it. He didn't hide it. He wasn't afraid of it. It left his hand. But he thought, as a kingdom person thinks, I'm going to take this five and I'm going to make it more. If you want to know where you are in the kingdom, let me give you an example right now. If I could hand you $100,000 right now, some of y'all just went to God, be the glory, right? But whatever comes to your mind when I say I could give you $100,000 tells me where you are in the kingdom. Because if the first thing that you think is I get to go buy, then you have a mindset problem. It's not a money problem. You have a mindset problem. It doesn't matter if you make $250,000 a year, y'all. 
This is a mindset that has to change. But if I say, instead of going to buy the $60,000 truck that I would love to have someday, that immediately when I pull it off the lot, it's worth $40,000, so that is depreciating in value. That's a bad word. I could find a foreclosed home that's worth $140,000, but I could buy it for eighty, dollars and I could put $20,000 in it, and that could be my hundred dollars but all of a sudden, that $100,000 is worth more than $100,000. And then that $60,000 truck I wanted with that $1,000 a month that I'm bringing in, I can easily pay for that $60,000 truck. And all of a sudden, I've made my money make money. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Come on, somebody. It's a mindset thing. The first thing I'm called to do is give my first fruits to God. And then what do you do with it? What do you do with it? When it touches your hand, whether or not you're a kingdom person, is your mind... Before your money. So we also, who had the one who had two talents, and he made two more, and this guy made five more. But the one who only had one dug a hole. This is better than what some of us do. Because they didn't have credit cards back when Jesus was telling this, right? They didn't have 21% interest. And it says that he dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. And after a long time, now I need you to know this is Jesus' words, not mine, what I'm about to preach. The master of servants came back to settle his account. I need you to know that everything that God has given you, he's going to settle his account. He's going he's to realize whether or not you've been faithful with his money because everything comes from God and is established by God. And he's going to see, were they faithful? It's not just what you give. It's how you've handled every single dollar that hits your hand because it's seed. And he says, let me check it out. I want to see. Do y'all know that this is foreign to everybody in the church? I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking capital C church. This is foreign. This is crazy. I've never heard this preached. I've heard it's your gifts. This is not your gifts. The word talent means bag of gold. It literally translates bag of gold. It said, and he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more. Master, here's your five talents. I made five more. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little bit, and I'm going to set you over much because you did that. And then the one with two had the same exact conversation. I brought two more. And he said, the Lord said, well done. This is our mindset, y'all. I got it, so I got to spend it. It's, it's like hotcakes. I got to get rid of it. Young people. That's not the way that we live. We've taught you wrong. We take responsibility for that. But there's a mindset shift that has to take place. It can start in your generation. And he said, you've been good and faithful servants. You've been faithful for that little bit that I gave you. And you doubled it and you made, you made good sense and good use. So I'm going to set you over more. And by the way, the last one and this one, to the joy of his master. And then the one that received one came forward and said, I know you're a hard man. I need you to see this words Reaping, that means harvesting, bringing in where you did not sow. Guess who sows? It's you. The Lord always sows, or excuse me, the Lord always reaps where you've sown. And he says, I know you're a hard man. And maybe this is some of our mindsets today is I'm afraid that I'll mess up. God's not afraid for you to mess up. He knows you're going to mess up. He knows that we're human beings. He does not expect me to be a multimillionaire. That's not the point of this. It's just simply being faithful. 
and not believing that every dollar that hits my hand is about me and not trying to manipulate my way to get what I want to get. Because sometimes going on a $5,000 vacation is not the wise thing to do. But if I think I deserve it, then I have a mindset problem. And if I think I deserve anything other than hell and separation from God, I have a mindset problem. This is where I'm going to mess some of your mindsets up. And I know you gather where you scattered no seed. Listen to this. So I was afraid and I went and hid your bag of gold in the ground. Here, you have what is yours back. This is better than what a lot of us do, y'all. I mean, at least he didn't lose it, right? And he said, you wicked, you see this word? Didn't we already see this? Slothful servant. You knew that I reap. You knew that I'm the God of the harvest. You knew that in the kingdom, everything is about growing. And when it's planted in the ground, and we don't see it because we want to see something big immediately. And in our generation that is so fast with phones and iPads and tablets and things, and we need to see a reaction right now, we're not willing to be patient and say, God, you do more. And we take out student loans that are massive and we do all these things and we blame the government like it's their fault. And we have this mindset, well, the rich people have made all the money. They should pay us. They should not pay us. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if I want to eat, I've got to work. Did y'all know that? You knew I reap. And you sowed no seed. You should have at least invested my money so I could receive the interest. Listen, this is a crazy verse, y'all. So take the talents from him and give it to the one who has ten. Hang on a second. Did Jesus just say take it from the dude that only has one and give it to the dude that has ten? That's the opposite of what we hear, isn't it? We want to take from the one that has ten and give it to the one that has one that's been lazy. I am not talking about poor and has no help and needy that needs help. And I'm not talking about the lame and I'm not talking about the widows, and I'm not talking about the orphans. I'm talking about the lazy. The Bible says that the one talent will be taken from him and given to the one with ten. That has been faithful. This is a mindset that just blows the whole system up of what we believe. You should take from the rich and give to the poor. I believe that we should take care of people that are homeless and that are needy, and we should give second chances, and we should love people, and whatever we do for the least, we've done for him. But there's also a mindset that has to be changed to where sometimes we're just enabling laziness, y'all, and the house is going to keep falling in. And if I'm not faithful giving my first, first fruits to God to the house that I choose to worship, then the house is going to fall in. And if I'm begging for what I need and buying what I want, the house is going to fall in. And until my mindset changes, it's not going to be good. And listen to what he says. Everyone who has more will be given. And everyone who, and he will have an abundance. For the one who has not, whatever he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness and the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I do not believe that if you've been bad with your money that that verse means that you're going to hell. If you've trusted Jesus Christ works will be meaningless on this planet 
Y'all remember the four things of the kingdom? Self-seeker, brand expander, kingdom helpers, kingdom seekers that I preached four weeks ago. I need y'all to know this, that this is important today. We've got to take the people that are all about themselves, that just want to manipulate for God, that just, even the people that want to help and do good things and change it to it's all about Jesus, that it's all about His kingdom, it's all about establishing His throne because Jesus said this, not me, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken. I need someone to talk to me in here. Does anybody want this for their life? Does anybody want this for their life? A good measure, shaken, pressed down, running over, falling into my lap. For with the measure you use it, for with the measure you use it, not hide it, not spend it, use it with the kingdom mindset, it will be measured back to you. That's not my words, that's not my manipulation, that's the words of Jesus. And th listen, this is what it looks like to be a kingdom man or a kingdom woman when it comes to your money. All your money is for you. You don't know Jesus and it's always been about you. Look at this. God, I'm praying that you prosper me. I pray that I get a plane and I drive three miles away from my house. That is not what you need. God provides what you need. <laughs> not, not you need a plane and you work three miles from your house, everybody. If you're praying for that, that ain't God. If you get it, it might be the lottery, but it ain't Jesus, somebody. And then these are the people that I feel very burdened for because these are people that believe in the law of the kingdom, but they don't know the king. Because if you give, it will be given to you whether you're a Christian or not. I need you to know that. The law doesn't change. If I jump off this platform right now, gravity's going to take me down whether I'm a Christian or not. Did you know that? Law doesn't change. If you notice people that are prospering, I've never met one. I'm sure there's some. I've never met They're tight. You're like, those are tight wives. No, they don't spend foolishly. They have a mindset that's different than most of ours. Well, pastor, I only make $30,000 a year. Welcome to the party, everybody. It ain't how much I make, it's how much I spend. But when I'm giving, why am I giving? Am I giving because I have this heart for people and I want to help people? And that's beautiful. But we want to take all these people and see this happen. He prospers me to advance his kingdom, period. End of story. Everything comes from God, and everything is designed by God, and everything is God's. And when I get, then I get to give. And when I get, I get to see it established and multiplied. And this is the truth, y'all. When money hits our hands, the reason that roughly 10% of our church tithes is not because I believe you don't want to. This is what God told me to do, y'all. It's because I believe we have a mindset problem and you're so strapped that there's no way that you possibly could because I can't afford it. Here's the truth. I'm asking you this question and you don't have to answer me because I know it may be awkward. Would you rather do it 100% on your own or 90% with God? Would you rather do this thing 100% on your own or be covered completely 90% with Him? And if it's all His and all He asked me to, asked me to do is give back His first. That's kind of crazy that He wouldn't want 90% and let me keep 10 And you may be blessed in this room, but this is how I want to close today. Thursday, my grandma's next door neighbor, who I love dearly, had a massive heart attack one week ago to the day on Thursday, and I found out he was having open heart surgery. He ended up having quintuple bypass. 
Every one of his arteries were destroyed. He's got kidney problems. I'm not going to say his name just in case y'all know him. But I've loved this man since I was nine years old. This man takes care of my grandma so good, y'all. He, he puts sod in her yard. He cuts her grass. He gives like I've never seen. I mean, he is just a giving man. He's this guy. I went to his hospital room and I hugged him and I said, so and so, I love you, man. We cried together. We laughed together. They told me the whole scenario that he should have died, that there was no chance for him to live, and the doctors don't know why he's alive, and I want you to know what I told him, and I believe this is for some of you today. Bo, do you think it's by chance, I just said it's by, do you think it's by chance that God brought me here today, that yesterday you were so bad that you were almost unresponsive, and today you have your color back, and you're going to be able to have your surgery tomorrow, and I happened to see your daughter when I was bringing my grandma home yesterday, and and I happened to find out all this news yesterday and God happened to bring me up here right now so that I could share the truth of his gospel with you. Do you think that's a chance? Because he has, he has been very blessed. He has a great job. He has two homes. He has vehicles paid for. He has everything that you could possibly want. And yet, he laid in a hospital bed and did not know where his eternity would be if he died. I asked him, man, do you know what would happen if you died? Could you business with God right now, and he just he said, I think maybe, I think maybe, and so my question to him is my question to you, what does it profit any of you if you gain the whole world and forfeit your soul, because this is a message about money, but it's not about you making more money, and it's not about you having more money, it's about us reaching the world Jesus Christ. It's about us being good stewards of what he's called us to be. But what does it profit us if we gain the whole world and forfeit our soul? And that's literally what I asked him in his hospital room. I said, can I just tell you how much God loves you? He kept you alive. With no chance to survive, he kept you alive so that I would come up here and have this conversation with you, tears running down his face. So here's all salvation is. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Consequences are still there, y'all. past is still there. But God sees your sin no more because he chooses not to. And this is what I prayed over him and what I'm believing for, that he'll have 20 years that not only will he be saved and go to heaven when he dies, but he'll bring heaven to earth for the next 20 years. And that his children and his children's children will have a legacy. Not financial blessing, y'all. You can leave me a million dollars, but if you don't sow it into the kingdom, it's worthless. Because moth and rust will destroy your million dollars, your two million dollars, your five million dollars. Donald Trump's ten billion dollars. He can have it all. I've got Jesus. And the reason that I'm believing that I'll be blessed one day is not so that I can say how much I have, but how much I get to give and how much I get to see God do. What does it purpose you if you gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? There are neighbors all around you that don't know Jesus. And we're so consumed and concerned with how we pay for the next or how we do the next that our mindsets are stuck and we are not kingdom at all. 
Actually, that's not true. We're our kingdom, and that's all. There are two kingdoms, the kingdom of light that is only from Jesus and the kingdom of darkness. And the truth is, I believe America doesn't need another president, but they need the light to shine in the darkness because the darkness does not know it is what John chapter 1 says. How does that happen when our mindsets change? How does that happen? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Begin to think at the top of heaven is where the top is and we bring heaven to earth by thinking the way he thinks and doing what he does and loving the way he loves and begin to think every single one of the dollars that God is bringing into my hands and I know some of y'all don't even have money but you will and some of y'all don't y'all are very middle class or some of y'all are, are, are lower class some of y'all are upper class it do, that doesn't matter five dollars matters because if my mind just takes and spins, takes and spins, takes, it's all about me, then I am bringing the kingdom of darkness and expanding it. But I know Jesus, Pastor. One of the greatest indicators that you could possibly have is what you do with your money. And as long as we keep doing what we're doing and expect different results, then we're crazy. It's time to get crazy, y'all. Put your money where your mouth is. There's some people in this room that I believe may need to know Jesus. You may be like my friend that was sitting in the chair, tears running down his face, that I believe trusted Jesus Christ right then and right there. And if that's you, this is your opportunity, y'all. This is your opportunity. Will you pray with me right now? Holy Spirit, you do what you can do now. If that's you, I just need you to lift your hand up and say, Pastor, it felt like you were talking straight to me. It felt like you were talking straight to me. And I've gained things and I have things or maybe you lack things, but I need Jesus to save my soul right now. I need Jesus to save my soul right now. If that's you, I just want you to throw your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. No one's looking around. I just want you to throw your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. That's me. I want to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Lord and he died on the cross. That's me. That's me. How about for the rest of the room? How many of you guys know that repentance is what you need right now. A mindset change when it comes to money. It may not be that you're spending too much. It may be that you're not obedient with your first to God. Starting somewhere is huge, y'all. If you can't do 10%, don't, don't do it out of manipulation. Do it because, because you want to see God do more with less. Pastor, that's me, man. You're talking straight to me. I feel conviction from the Holy Spirit, not guilt. That's me. I don't know if anybody will respond to a money message, but no one's looking. I just want to see if we have anybody obedient in this place that say you're talking to me. Just raise your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands all over God. We're tired of seeing the roof fall in of your church, capital C. Lord, I'm going to just pray a blessing over our church. I believe you've told me to. Deuteronomy 28 says that we're the head and not the tail that we're the lender, not the borrower. And God, I pray that we begin to have a mindset that is that. No matter where we work, no matter what we do, that we begin to, to be leaders of men and women by loving first and by seeking Jesus with all of our hearts. And the indicator that we talked about today is the seed that hits our hand and it's money. So God, change our hearts and minds. I love you, Jesus. And now, Lord, we sing oceans. And God, it feels like we're in an ocean so deep sometimes when it comes to our money. Lord, Leah and I know this tension. Our house payment is way too much. And that's why we're selling our home. And so, God, 
you've changed our minds and you've moved us and we're thankful. And so God, every person that's sinking deep, I just pray that you'll shift their minds to be in line with you so that you can accomplish far more in five minutes than we could in five lifetimes. We love you, Jesus, and we lift up your name. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen.